Good day, and welcome to the Amadeus Travel Tech Talk podcast, where we explore some of the most important topics the travel industry faces today. I'm John Webb, and in this podcast, we will discuss the changes airports have made and are looking to address with a view to delivering for passengers now and in the future. 2020 was the year that travel came to a standstill. However, in adversity, there is invention, and innovation has accelerated. The new normal means safer, more biosecure travel, and airports are on the forefront of this transformation. We are very pleased to have two airport technology experts with us today. Satiki Ragnuath is Chief Strategy and Development Officer for Bangalore International Airport Limited, and Amadeus's Sarah Samuels is Head of Airport IT in Asia Pacific. Satiki is an aviation futurist, strategist, and digital innovation expert with over two decades of experience in transport infrastructure globally. Sarah leads Amadeus's airport IT team in Asia Pacific and has 25 years of experience across the travel industry with a focus on operational excellence. I'm going to let the airport pros guide the conversation today. So without further ado, over to you, Sarah. Thanks, John, and good day, everyone. Excited to be part of this chat with Satiki. So hello, Satiki. I'm looking forward to, to our discussion. So maybe I'll start with the first question that I have, uh, Satiki, for you, which is Bangalore Airport had begun its digital transformation journey well before the beginning of the pandemic. And how does this position Bangalore Airport to adapt to the demands through the pandemic and, you know, once the pandemic is completed? And since the advent of the pandemic, how was your digitalization strategy evolved? Thank you, Sarah, John, Amadeus. Really pleased to be here on this podcast. It's a very interesting question, I think. We started our digital journey in 2017 or thereabouts. And I think we started it because we were pretty cognizant of a couple of key issues. We had grown 3x in the first 10 years of our operation from 2008 May when we sort of started our operation here at the new airport to 2018 May. In that period, we had gone from being 9 million annual passengers to serving about 27 million annual passengers. And that growth had happened over spectacularly over a 10-year period, despite the financial crisis, the, the collapse of Kingfisher, which was our biggest carrier, and so on and so forth. And I think we'd also grown 20% year on year for two or three years. And as we thought about all of this, and as we were going through our master plan update, we, when we redid our forecasts, we knew we would be serving about anywhere between 80 and 100 million passengers on a two runway system between 2030 and 35. And that was sort of the size and scale of Heathrow or Dubai. And we realized two or three things. One was the fact that we couldn't build our way out of the challenge and constantly keep adding physical infrastructure alone. We had to think differently. The second aspect was that when we thought about technology, we thought about it very carefully and we came up with three key objectives for our digital transformation program. And those three objectives were how do we significantly enhance customer experience? How do we increase operational efficiency? And how do we use technology to drive new forms of revenue generation? And these three areas became sort of the cornerstones or pillars of our digital transformation strategy. We then went out, did an RFP, uh, Accenture was chosen after a very rigorous selection process, and they came on board to be our partners on the Bangalore Airport uh, Accenture Innovation Center. 
And we spent the first year redeveloping or thinking about our digital master plan and strategy and what we would need to do as we went forward. And the outcome of that was that we came up with about 15 or 16 initiatives, which included four or five major platforms and a series of sort of point solutions or interventions to augment those platforms. And I suppose uh, from our perspective, those five platforms have formed the cornerstone of everything that we've done as we move forward. They include our underlying business intelligence and data analytics platform on which everything is built, a customer-facing engagement platform, which is outward-facing and looking at all of our customers and stakeholders, an inward-facing process automation platform that looked at the enterprise here within Bangalore Airport, a contactless boarding platform, and, and that has a very interesting genesis in itself, but that came out of our uh, T2 discussions and what we would like to see as part of the customer journey going forward. And finally, we also knew we had to do an IoT or an asset platform eventually, and that would sort of fit on top of our data and analytics platform. Uh, in addition, we also thought of various other interventions that we were doing at the time, which included our automated trade retrieval systems, our air cargo community system, our Zovis queue management system, et cetera, et cetera. But all of those were more sort of how do we bring in those point solutions and how do we integrate them over these four or five platforms. What's also been very, very interesting as part of this journey is the cultural transformation that we've had to go through in order to take advantage of this digital transformation strategy and story. And I think that has actually been far more challenging than the technology intervention itself, because I think the technology exists and the technology will keep evolving. But the organizational transformation that we've had to think about and sort of the key aspects that we've had to put in place or rethink or change as we move forward has been sort of as exciting and challenging as the digital transformation itself. And uh, I suppose with respect to COVID, uh, in many ways, COVID has accelerated digital transformation in most organizations at a pace that we probably wouldn't have seen had COVID not happened. Uh, So whether you want to call it inadvertent or serendipitous, I mean, you can use whatever word you want to. But fundamentally, we've accelerated our transformation journey leaps and bounds because of the fact that we've all had to adapt to this new normal, which is how do we sort of operate in in an environment that none of us have ever experienced before. And I think the cultural transformation has actually been significantly accelerated. But many of the steps that we took early on through our digital transformation journey, whether it was about digitizing our processes, whether it was about getting our staff used to sort of operating digitally, whether it was about, you know, using a series of enterprise uh, tools and solutions to work remotely or, you know, collaborate and things like that, or the contactless boarding program. Every one of those sort of initiatives, I think, has worked significantly in our favor. And so when we emerged from a two-month lockdown at, you know, uh, at the end of May last year, I think we were in a very good position, having done all of the groundwork, having done all of the initial investment in our digital transformation journey to to come back much more quickly. And I think what this last 12 months has shown us is that all of the effort, all of the investments we put into our digital transformation journey have really paid dividends because we've been able to scale up faster. We've been able to react faster. We've been able to get all of our stakeholders, customers, and even our internal organization far more involved far more quickly than we would otherwise have been able to do had we not started this journey earlier. So I think from our perspective, we would say a huge thumbs up to the uh, entire digital transformation journey. And I think we had foresight and we were lucky both, I suppose, in equal parts to sort of start that journey 
early and as as quickly as we did. So so it's been great. Great. Thank you. So I would say silver lining, yeah, that you had uh, started this and you were able to accelerate. Um, just a couple of, I guess, comments, or maybe it might end up being a question. <laughs> I'm not quite sure yet. You said on your the five foundation items that you had, you had uh, customer facing and you had contactless, which I think would have been critical to supporting the continuation of travel during the pandemic. Could you just elaborate a little bit more on that customer-facing foundation item and, and the contactless? How has that really improved your, you know, the pandemic situation and allowed you guys to continue? And maybe I'll add one more question. With the acceleration, you must have had a plan. The digital transformation plan must have been like a five-year, 10-year plan. With the acceleration, you know, have you managed to maybe now shorten it and you need to evolve it further quicker perhaps <laughs> so okay uh, very interesting questions let me take them one at a time from a customer engagement platform perspective i think i mean each of these platforms we've rolled out the first phase i mean as you said this is a probably a 5 or even 10 15 year transformation journey and i think things are going to evolve and change the thing with digital also is technology changes so fast and in a COVID environment, everything seems to be changing almost on a weekly basis. So I think we're constantly having to recalibrate and do so many different things as we move forward. Having said that, I think the, the customer engagement platform, the first phase was how do we re-architecture our website and our app? And the first phase of that has been much more sort of driven by information and delivering the information to our passengers and customers. And that's something that we've already done. I think the huge benefit during COVID was that as rules were changing, especially with respect to travel restrictions and rules, uh, as they were changing as frequently as they did during the course of the last 12 to 14 months, the fact that we had an updated website and an app meant that we could push this information to our passengers and customers on a real-time basis far more effectively than we would have been able to do in the past. And I think that was a huge benefit and something that we did. The part that we're thinking about now and we're in the process of thinking about and delivering on the customer engagement platform is how do we now add a layer to that which is much more transaction focused, which means that how do we get better experience with respect to retail, F&B, lounge services, our priority services, loyalty, et cetera, et cetera. And that's a journey that we will now undertake over the course of the next few years in order to overlay many of these things on the customer engagement platform. The contactless boarding platform is actually a, an interesting story as well because the original idea or the genesis of the contactless boarding platform, which is today called Digiatra all over India, came out of some of the early design workshops for Terminal 2 here at Bangalore Airport. And Suresh Kharagbavi, who heads our innovation lab here, was the architect of the Digiatra program itself. And as we thought about what we wanted the passenger experience to be at uh, you know, Terminal 2, we, we were pretty sure about one thing. We wanted to move away from sort of the historical I suppose passengers historically having to show their boarding pass at every point in their customer journey through the terminal here at uh, most Indian airports. And we wanted to sort of rethink what the customer journey could be if you didn't have to do that. And how could you sort of go from curbside to gate and vice versa by not having to produce paper at all or any physical manifestation of your journey? And I think it went from there to iris scans and sort of the uh, the fingerprinting and or, or your, your finger scans. And one of the challenges, of course, is with the Aadhaar program and the fact that the Aadhaar project uses your iris and your fingerprints, uh, from a privacy perspective, we couldn't go there. And as we started discussions with the government, we realized that 
we'd have to come up with something else. And that sort of led to the next phase, which became your face is your boarding pass. And I think that sort of became the, the byline of the Digiatra program. And one of the interesting things was how receptive the government of India and the other airports in India were. So as we got into these discussions, we also realized that it made no sense to just have a program that was, let's say, applicable at Bangalore Airport. And we needed to think about something that was pan-Indian. And we got down to sort of uh, talking to Airports Authority of India, Air India, all of the other airports. And I think the government was exceptionally enthusiastic and, and the regulatory agencies as well. So over the course of the last, I would say, uh, two or three years, as we've refined this program, as we've gone forward, we went ahead and appointed a vendor. Vision Box came on board and we've now got curbside to boarding experience for both Vistara and AirAsia India here at Bangalore Airport. We will add Indigo, uh, SpiceJet, GoAir, and the other domestic carriers, Air India, etc., over the course of the next few months. But the idea is that there will be a central platform. And all of the Indian airports came together, the government of India came together, all of the regulatory agencies came together to say, we'd like to do this, and all of us should do this together. So the Dijiatra Foundation itself has been set up with a shareholding from all of the airports, including AAI. And the central platform is now going to be architectured and Passengers across India should have a single Digiatra number. It's going to be lined up on the same principle, for instance, as an Aadhaar number, except that this will be linked to your travel itinerary and a face which will match every time you travel. So once you register for the Digiatra program and you get a Digiatra number or an or a ID, a DYID, what is going to happen is you will use that ID to link up with your booking every time you make a booking. And really speaking, that should then mean that once you've registered your face once to link up with that ID, every subsequent journey should just be linked to that ID and you will move forward. So I think that was the genesis of the Digiatra program itself. So, so from a contactless boarding and from an a engagement perspective, those two are platforms that I think will get refined as we move forward. And we will sort of see multiple iterations of that. So there might be a first version that will come out this year. There will be subsequent versions and iterations which will come out in, in subsequent years. Your second question, I think, is fascinating. I mean, I think, uh, has COVID-19 changed the way we're thinking about digital transformation? Has it accelerated anything, et cetera, et cetera? You know, I, I absolutely think so. I think many things will change. Uh, we will probably have to rethink the way we do uh, business in any case. I think the other uh, incredible challenge that COVID has thrown up to all of us is the fact that the travel and transportation industry has been impacted, you know, disproportionately. And most of us are in a financial state that we probably wouldn't have envisaged a couple of years ago. So while we thought of all of this investment we would have to make through the digital transformation journey, COVID has made us sort of pause, step back, try to rethink what our priorities are and how we are going to go forward on this digital transformation journey. If anything, I think uh, investment in technology is going to be accelerated. But in terms of the exact sequencing of how we might have to do some of these things, I'm not sure. I think some of this will evolve as we move forward to this year and next and as things start getting a little clearer and as uh, networks start getting reestablished, airlines start getting their sort of act together as well. And as we and governments across the world start allowing for you know standardization and the ability for international travel to start again. But I think we will certainly sort of see a change or a calibration of the digital transformation program. One thing I can say for sure is that, if anything, we will probably invest more in technology. We will probably invest more in terms of how we use technology to change the way we do business. I think that's going to happen at all airports, airlines, and every sort of member of the travel and transportation ecosystem. We are seeing it across our cargo 
sort of and logistics ecosystem as well. We've just sort of gone live with an air cargo community system and a portal here at Bangalore. Uh, we've gone live with a BLR cargo app. I mean, we've got we've got a community app here. So all of these things have meant that many of the things that we probably would have uh, thought about but may not have done earlier have been brought forward. Equally, I think that the refinement to each of these platforms and the way they were thought about first, I think we'll see some change over the course of the next few years. As the vaccination program globally starts you know, picking up speed and as we start thinking about travel passports, digital wallets and things like that, I think we will all have to modify some of these things to make sure there's some consistency and some standardization of protocols across the world. I think that will happen. We will probably have to make modifications, therefore, to our strategy to sort of deal with that. But uh, but I think COVID is probably the avalanche, which uh, has uh, sort of now kicked off transformation from a tech perspective across the TNT world at a speed that we probably wouldn't have seen earlier. We probably want to see a lot more things change. Biometric tokens, probably blockchain, the greater use of AI, the greater collaboration and, and data sharing between airlines, airports, and other members of the entire ecosystem. I think all of this will happen. Uh, we will probably also see massive changes to retail, you know, the way terminals are operated, the way we think about passenger journeys, whether bags will even have to go with the passenger or could they go separately. I mean, I'm sure there are so many discussions that all of us have been part of. But but I think, uh, you know, if as I said before, it's both scary and fascinating to be part of this journey. And I think the next uh, five to 10 years are actually going to be as much of an opportunity for all of us to rethink and question the travel process that all of us were used to. That is going to be a challenge. So I think security will be the other big area. We'll probably have to think of new ways of thinking about security, new ways of thinking about health, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm glad that, uh, you know, I, I at least get to be a part of this journey because if you had told me this five years ago, I would have said, yeah, I think it'll happen, but maybe in the next 10 to 15 years. I think we're going to see that pace accelerated to the next two to five years in a big way. That's very true. So here in Amadeus, we're, we're also, you know, we've had to rethink because, you know, we're a primary provider to the travel and tourism uh, industry uh, because we touch all, all aspects of travel. And so right now, what we're talking about is just the language or the kind of travel that we think about. Uh, you know, we're talking about travel bubbles. We're talking about what indulgent travel, which is, I guess, a bit like the the revenge travel. <laughs> you haven't been able to travel anywhere for the past, uh, whatever, 18 months or so, at least here in Singapore, we haven't been able to travel for about 18 months. So it's everybody is now like, I will invest in my travel. I will travel for a longer term. And then you've got the whole workation, you know, come on, have you heard of that before? You know, so COVID has really made us all rethink, you know, our future uh, travel experience and also probably created opportunities for many of us uh, with the uh, workation, you know, because I've heard people, because they don't need to be back in the office, they've gone to the Bahamas for the next one year, you know, and they're working out, out of a beach, you know, I mean, that's a great concept and great idea. Um, but yeah, so I think that has changed. And I think the collaboration, uh, Satiki, that you kind of mentioned, you know, how you guys had to come together as a country, as a nation, where the different agencies, um, the airlines, and even the airports, you know, you guys needed to come together to collaborate uh, so that, you know, you're able to address the pandemic, the requirements of the pandemic, 
and kind of, you know, cast what your future will be with uh, the biometric tokens and et cetera, you know, which I think is great. So just going on with the topic that we were talking about and maybe just to kind of wrap up our conversation is about the future of airports, because as you said, contactless, I think is here to stay. And I don't think it's going to be just at boarding. I think we need to bring it out into the departure hall and through pre-security and immigration and then on to boarding. We have to manage queuing differently. We're going to have to be able to personalize the experience a little bit uh, for passengers because we're going to have people who are maybe a little bit more nervous uh, about travel. So we need to be able to address that. And let's be honest, you know, since 2008 and 2021, this is not the first pandemic. We've had SARS. We've had, at least here in, in Southeast Asia, definitely, we've experienced different minor pandemic. At that point in time, it didn't feel minor, but, you know, compared to COVID and the duration of COVID, it does seem uh, pretty minor, uh, those pandemics. But, you know, so we can expect in the future more pandemics and more disruption to take place. So we will be ready. Travel will be ready to address this. And I think the future of an airport or the way an airport is operated is going to look quite different. So I'd like for you to share your thoughts with us. Sarah, I think, uh, you know, in many ways, COVID has, as we discussed, accelerated all of this transformation at an unprecedented pace. One of the big benefits, I think, has been how airlines, airports, and other members of the ecosystem have come together to collaborate. Probably wouldn't have happened as quickly earlier, but I think this has been an existential crisis uh, in some ways. And we've all had to think of how we can collaborate to get travel up and moving again. As you were talking about in some of the comments that you made to my earlier question, we're all trying to figure out how and when sort of demand will pick up again, what sort of travel will happen. Is it going to be leisure? Is it going to be revenge travel? Uh, how much of business travel will come back, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the part that all of us are probably pretty clear about right now are two or three things. Firstly, I think we will end up using the mobile phone far more fundamentally for every aspect of our travel journey if we were not already doing it. And I think that acceleration is going to happen very, very quickly. From a terminal perspective and where the future of terminals are headed, I think the holy grail for all of us has been how do we minimize or eliminate queues? And that, I think, is absolutely fundamental to everything that most airports are doing in terms of putting the control of their time uh, you know, back with the passenger at their fingertips, allowing hyper-personalization, et cetera, et cetera. The third piece is, I think today the technology exists, and this is something all of us can agree on. The ability to book a ticket, the ability to do everything through your phone, the ability to get bags picked up at home, delivered to your destination, the ability to actually show up where you have to, when you have to, let's say with a token and pass through with your face as your passport. All of this exists today, and I don't think any of that is is the tough part. I think where we're going to probably find that things take time or, or you know, it's going, to, it's going to be a while before it evolves to a standardized process is the ability of all of the regulatory bodies and governments to come together. I mean, and, and by that, I mean airports, airlines, ACI, IATA, uh, ICAO, uh, health authorities, customs authorities, border control, government, sovereign nations. I mean, just bringing all of those processes and protocols to some degree of acceptance and standardization globally in a way that you can actually do a journey and upload your information before you make that journey, complete the journey, 
easily enough without a series of places where you could potentially be stopped. So fundamentally, only the exceptions are stopped rather than, you know, making everybody go through all of these processes. I think we have to get there. I think in order to make travel safe, secure, and uh, make customers really get back to airports or, or train stations or whatever it is and travel, cruise ships, etc. I think we will have to get to some degree of standardization with all of these things. I think in many ways, COVID will accelerate that also. The fact that you will have travel information, health information, all of your approvals before you travel. For those of us who really thought that that would really be where we wanted to go, say two or three years ago, and we were driving towards that, I think in many ways, COVID is going to again accelerate that much much in the same way as it did to digital transformation in general. So if you ask me, I think the the future of airports, at least in the next five or 10 years, will be hopefully smaller buildings, hopefully the ability to sort of go through the terminal itself without having to queue anywhere, the ability to sort of use your mobile phone for all of your transactions and personalizing everything. And finally, uh, the ability to share data across the entire ecosystem, right? And that could include travel information. It could include health information. It could include sort of the ability to transact on a single unified cart, the ability to have a loyalty program, and the ability to be interoperable without the need for a specific bit of kit or hardware. So essentially on open source platforms, ideally that would be great. And without having one or two entities having a monopoly on any of these things, because I think that's the other challenge. Historically, all of this has also been difficult because there are barriers to entry. Existing players are always sort of uh, protective about what they've invested in and things like that. But I think it will change. I mean, we will we will get to a stage where you will be able to upload things from your mobile phone uh, to certain let's say, centralized websites or government portals or whatever you want to call them and be able to transact and go through a journey without the need for stopping at all unless, uh, you know, you've been flagged as a potential concern for some reason. So I think that would really be the future of airports and travel and we should be able to do it in a way that it's not just for air travel, but frankly, that same system should be able to be extended across urban transit systems, across EVTOL, across ships, rail, et cetera, et cetera, because the principles don't change. Uh, and I think we have the technology to do it. I'm hoping that I can see it in the next five to 10 years before I get old and retire. So I think that would sort of be the be a nice way to end my career in terms of thinking about what the future of airports will be, where we started off from, and the fact that we can get through a terminal without having to wait in a queue. I mean, that, that would really be wonderful. Thank you, Satyaki. You know, I, I think my vision uh, as well is very similar to yours. I do believe the future of terminals will really be about experience. Uh, we will be implementing a lot of automation. Mobile phone will be critical feature of departure uh, coming up in the future uh, because you'll be checking in on our phones. Um, you know, as you said, you know, a lot of the check-in activities can happen off airport. You can have your bag collection off airport or you can come into an airport and again, through automation, uh, do automatic backdrops using your face as your credential, you know, and one of the things that COVID-19 or the pandemic has accelerated for us is that cooperation between agencies, uh, airlines, airports, and even internationally, the cooperation has begun. It's a little slower. But every country at this point in time is looking at safe travel. How can we accept the credential and validate the vaccination details, the PCR details, et cetera? And so I think that hopefully that will get accelerated 
so that travel can resume uh, sooner than later. And this this will become the way we travel in the future. So I think airports, as you said, will be smaller. It'll be places of experience, uh, you know, uh, experiencing maybe the local culture, because at the end of the day, an airport is the gateway to a city or a town. Um, so, you know, it'll be F&B experience, other experiences in the terminal, and everything else will really be uh, low touch and heavily personalized where the passenger is opting in themselves for this experience, uh, whether it's a departure hall, whether it's uh, retail or at the boarding. So thank you very much for the interesting conversation and for sharing all your thoughts um, with us. Um, wish you all the best and look forward like you. I hope before we retire, we get to see this exciting future for travel and our airports. Wish you all the best and thank you very much again. Over to you, John. Thank you, Satiki and Sarah, for sharing your time and expertise with us today. It was a truly fascinating discussion and really highlights how technology is and will improve the airport experience as we work to rebuild travel together in India and around the world. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.